like that. You Hello, everybody. Welcome that. to this it's Monday like edition of the Logan Blackman Show. Oh, my goodness. What a weekend. What a weekend for yours truly. And before we get into what we're going to talk about today, make sure you're following Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan, with the show's Instagram account being The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show, should pop up. And then, what else is there? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts. Make sure, if you're not already, to subscribe and follow on both. Leave a rating out of five stars. And leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. It could be a one-star rating. It could be a five-star rating. Just leave a description down below. And make sure, once again, that you are subscribed to The Logan Blackman Show. And man, this was an interesting weekend. I'm not going to lie. This was a very interesting weekend. So Saturday, we had... It's Friday and Saturday. We had some World Cup action. We had some World Cup action. Some of the best soccer I have watched in a very, very long time happened on Friday. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But Saturday, I had a Secret Santa party. And Secret Santa is always a very interesting time for everybody because you don't know. You're going to get someone random. You got to try and get them something you hope they'll like, but it's free. And there's obviously a price tag that you can't go over. You have to be around, so you can't get something like extravagant. You can't buy someone a yacht at a Secret Santa party unless you're hanging out with some super cool rich guys like the people I normally hang out with, I guess I should say. Like this one was more of a subdued uh, Secret Santa party. No yachts were given out, no planes, no private jets, no uh, no sports teams, no nothing like that. Nothing like that. We were, this was simple, like sweatshirts, candy, uh, koozies, knives, like stuff like that. So Stuff that uh, the people that are listening to this show, you guys are more on that level. I'm not used to that, so I had to tone it down a little bit, but it was fun. Nonetheless, it was, <laughs> it was very, very fun. We hung around Went up to Madrid, not Madrid. And Iowa, just speaking of that, Iowa is a very interesting place. Iowa is a very, very interesting place. We got Madrid and Nevada. Not Madrid and Nevada. Madrid and Nevada. Not Madrid and Nevada. Madrid and Nevada. It just throws people off. Like, I'm going to go up to up towards Ames and go to Nevada, Iowa. No, no, you silly. See, you would think that. You would think that. But the problem is, uh, it's actually Nevada. Okay, let's go up north in Madrid. Or Madrid. No, no. It's Madrid. It's Madrid. God, I can't. I'm struggling. Real Madrid. Las Vegas, Nevada. <laughs> We're so cool here in the state of Iowa. But I got, obviously, I got one of my friends. So I got him a Logan Blackman Show sweatshirt. We have some new designs on LoganBlackmanShowStore.com. Or is it Logan Blackman Store? I can't remember exactly what it's called. Logan Blackman Show Store, Logan Blackman Show Store.com. Whatever it is, just go there, check out some new webs, do some of the new stuff we have on there. And I iced him. I am twice, but to be fair, I put two in there, but I knew he wasn't going to do two. So I did all he, I, I took the other one. But I laid some ices around the house, and there's one, I, I know he won't listen to the show. I know he won't listen to the show. So I, I'm fine with saying this one. There is an ice. For those of you who aren't aware, it's one of those smearing off ice, and if you find one, you got to chug it right on the spot, pretty much. There is one in a stocking. There's one in a stocking. So, <laughs> I'm very intrigued to see how that ice gets found. Whether it gets found by Brady or Carly. Because it's in one of the stockings. So, whoever fills the stockings up or bumps into it go, ow, that kind of hurt. That stocking usually has nothing in it. Why is there a glass thing in there? Psych. It's nice. And I got Jared, my friend Jared last night, and I, I got scared because I put one of these things uh, behind a pillow on the couch. And I, I shouldn't have been too nervous about this because these are very sturdy bottles. And 
but the part of me was sitting there was like, man, if someone lays back on there with enough force, that bottle's going to shatter all over the place. I don't need that. I don't need to go to someone else's house and shatter glass everywhere and alcoholic beverages. I don't need to do that to anybody. So I went, I was like, okay, Jared, could you grab me that pillow, please? Actually, what's that behind you? Oh. Oh, oh, that was the noise everybody was making at the party. It was pretty, pretty freaking hilarious, if you ask me. And we laid a few other ones around the house, around the first floor. I think there were six of them. I think about, I saw four get drank. Oh, wait, no, no, no. So Jared had one, Brady had one, I had one, Alec had one. So there was, yeah, okay, four. There was two that I haven't seen get drank. And I know where one of them is. I don't know where the other one is. I gave it to one of my friend's girlfriends to hide, and she <laughs> she put it in a bag of a gift and asked Andrew to take it out of the bag, out of the bag, but he did not see the ice. So we had a little controversy on who really discovered it. Who really discovered the ice? Was it Andrew? Was it Miranda? Who discovered the ice? I don't know. So we rehit it. And I don't know if anybody actually did end up drinking that one or drink another one. I don't know. Cause I went downstairs, hung up with the boys in the basement. And uh yeah, icing's fun. Icing's fun. It's not as I. Some people hate it. I, for one, have always been a very natural chugger of drinks. I can get drinks down relatively quickly. Like I can shotgun beers really well. I can do ices really fast. Like it's a, it's a gift, I guess you could say. So I've never really had much of an issue with it. But I know there's a lot of people out there like, oh, I can't, I can't chug anything. I can't, I cannot do this. This is too hard. I can't chug. Ah, and start freaking out like, oh, I can't do this. And they'll like set it, they'll like nurse it. Like Jared and Alec, they both had to nurse theirs. Brady was a freaking loser and put a straw on it. Like one of those other weirdos. Like, what? What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? They're just really sugary, very sugary. Don't taste like alcohol at all. But I don't know if there's anybody that's actually sipped on an ice. Is that allowed? Is that allowed? Can you sip? Can you nurse an ice like that? I think like if you have one, you have to chug it. You can't just buy them and go like, oh. Yeah, hey, what do you got in the fridge? I got a, I got Bush Light, I got Coors, I've got uh, Smirnoff Ices. Oh, I'll have an ice. And you just drink it. No, you get that. You have to chug it right there on the spot. That's the rule. The unwritten rule, or, or written, I don't know if it's written somewhere. It could be written somewhere. Someone has written it down somewhere, right? Like at our house up in Cedar Falls, we had rules for Pong, and we wrote them down. So, like, someone in the world, out of the 8 billion people on this freaking planet, there had to be somebody that wrote down the exact rules for icing or to get iced or something like that. I don't know. But it was a fun, it was a really fun evening. We watched the Heisman Trophy ceremony, watched some UFC fights. I got back to my apartment around 10 and I watched Harry Potter and Deathly Hollows Part 1. Because I've been on a really big Harry Potter kick the other this this past week. Because I was hanging out with a couple of my friends' girlfriends. We were recording a podcast, I believe, for them, which again, let's dish and he got dip lips as well, which I got on them last night about getting an episode recorded because they both need to get like Miranda and Liberty need to get something recorded for, or, um, wow. Let's dish. I don't know why I blanked on it. And Alec and Dean need to get something going for dip lips. Neither one of them have posted shows in a couple weeks. So they need to get back on the train of that. But we are on the, on let's dish, which is a, not anything like this show at all. Completely different show. Absolutely. Completely different show. It's not. I would imagine that the majority of people listening to this, it's the target audience is not that. <laughs> and I try to catch all of Alec and Dean's podcast. I try to catch all of the Liberty and Miranda's podcast as well. But again, they haven't posted in a while. But we were doing, it was after the show there, 
when I was recording Liberty and Miranda, and they got started talking about Harry Potter. And I read all the Harry Potter books in fourth grade. And I watched all the bo- all the movies around that same time as well. Like, once they started coming, I don't remember what exactly year fourth grade was, but I remember I got Harry Potter and Deathly Hollows for my birthday. We went to the Sportsplex West and rock climbed. And if you know me, that's like the dumbest birthday idea ever. That's the dumbest birthday idea ever. I'm not good with heights. Why the hell did we schedule a birthday party at Sportsplex West to go rock climbing? That's not me at all. I don't know who was responsible for that. I don't know if it's my parents or if I stupidly said, hey, let's go rock climbing. Because that didn't sound like something I would say. Because that's not something I would do now. Let alone when I was a kid and I'm way, you're way more scared of everything. Or maybe you're less scared because you don't know what's supposed to be scary and what, is, what isn't scary. So I don't know. But I, they were talking about the books and movies and I was sitting there I was like, I'm completely forgetting everything. I forgot every little detail that happened. I know like the main stuff in the books and movies, but I'd forgotten so much of it. Like our fourth grade teacher, Miss Ransom at a Horizon Elementary School, really into Harry Potter books, really into Harry Potter books. So when we were in, in fourth grade, she not assigned us, but tried to get us into Harry Potter books. And she succeeded because we read all of them. I believe that's the last book I got for my birthday. I believe Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is the last book I got for my birthday in fourth grade. Which I don't know is sad. If that's sad or if it's cool or what. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I was completely lost. And when people have discussions like this of things that I've done or things that I enjoy doing, I'm like, man, I'll get back on the saddle here. So I gotta, I'm not going to go read the books again. No, 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 I ain't going to do that. So i got to go back and watch the movies again. So I started watching them all again, and I'm on I'm on the second Deathly Hollows, the Deathly Hollows Part Two. I don't know when I'm gonna watch that. Probably watch it Tuesday night, probably after a quarter show because there's no football on. Because I'm really excited to watch football tonight because it's Chargers and Dolphins. Very excited to battle the fifth and sixth overall picks from the 2021 NFL Draft. Very excited to watch that game. Monday night football. What? Oh, it's Cardinals. Pa- I, I might watch tomorrow night. Cardinals Patriots. Not really my cup of tea. Because that just sounds brutal. Cliff Kingsbury. Really? I, I started watching Hard Knocks or tried to watch Hard Knocks and it's just not, I don't know. In-season Hard Knocks doesn't hit the same because you don't have those fun stories of random people. Like the random edge of the roster guys that you wanted to hear about. Those That's what the fun part of Hard Knocks is. Not the stars. I don't care about that. And you don't know what's real or what's not because they could be putting it on for the camera. Like it's entertaining. I'm not going to sit here and say Hard Knocks is not entertaining because it definitely is. I watched the off-season or the the preseason hard knocks. The Lions were it this year. Awesome stuff. Great stuff. The in-season one, my dad and I would watch the Colts one last year. But I haven't really gotten into the Cardinals one. There's a few shows I need to watch. Andor. Star Wars Andor. I need to watch that one. I need to watch Tales of the Jedi as well. There's there's a bunch of stuff I need to watch. But I've gotten... I'm almost done with my Harry Potter stuff. And they'll be good to go. And then I'll feel like I'm kind of back in the loop of Harry Potter all over again. Make me happy. Make me really happy to be back in the loop of Harry Potter. But... Where, where the hell was I even going with that? I don't even remember what the point of that whole segment was. What where are we talking about? <laughs> but uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit. So on Saturday, we had the Heisman Trophy ceremony on. And I feel like we should start with this because it's a big-time award. It's the biggest award in college football, arguably the biggest individual award in American sports. So obviously MVPs are one thing, but the Heisman Trophy, that is the pinnacle of football. Like, for individual awards. I know MVPs, Offensive Players of the Years, and all that stuff is great, but you want a Heisman Trophy? You're enshrined forever. 
You can be the most bang average NFL player ever, but you want a Heisman Trophy, you are remembered forever. You're remembered forever. They, you you could name you could go back and probably name all the best college players or best he, the Heisman Trophy winners. You'd struggle to name some MVPs, I would imagine, especially one-off MVPs. There's been one ever back-to-back Heisman Trophy winner was Archie Griffin back in the '70s. I thought there was a real chance Bryce Young could do it this year at the start of the season. Obviously, did not end up happening for Bryce Young. I think he was screwed out of not getting invited there. The fact Stetson Bennett went in there over Bryce Young, Hooker, and Corum is ridiculous. And it showed in the, the rankings at the end of it, Stetson Bennett came fourth out of the guys that were invited, which is not surprising. And if uh, the final results were Caleb Williams, Max Duggan, C.J. Stroud, Stetson Bennett, or are the people who were there, hold on. <coughs> Jeez. And then the rating of the top ten was Hendon Hooker, five, Bryce Young, six, Blake Corum, seven, Michael Penix, 8, B. John Robinson, 9, and Drake May from North Carolina at 10. Drake May said he's coming back to North Carolina, which, not surprising, is almost their entire family gone to North Carolina. So, yeah, that's not surprising at all that he said he's staying. But I was I'm Okay, I'm not surprised at all Caleb Williams won the Heisman. We said that beforehand. After the Notre Dame game, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, Caleb Williams just had his Heisman moment. He's winning the Heisman. But I'm, I, I'm not surprised, yet I am surprised that Duggan finished above Stroud. I am slightly surprised. I think Duggan had the Heisman moment that Stroud didn't have. If you were to pinpoint, like, Max Duggan's Heisman moment and C.J. Stroud's Heisman moment, and granted, yes, Max Duggan lost in the Big, Te- the Big 12 championship against Kansas State, but he had one driver. He ran for 95 yards. He literally collapsed on the field. He had his Kellen Winslow moment from the Chargers carried him off the field against the Dolphins in the playoffs and then went on to play the the second coldest or the coldest NFL game of all time in Cincinnati the week after. <laughs> Talk about shock to the system right there. But Duggan had that moment. What was Stroud's Heisman moment? What would you sit here and go, oh, yeah, I remember when C.J. Stroud did this thing. Like, Caleb Williams had a lot of really, really good moments this year. Like, the Notre Dame game was a Heisman moment. He had a great game against Notre Dame. He had a Heisman moment in the Pac-12 championship game, his awesome touchdown run, but they ended up losing the game to Utah. So it didn't really matter in the end. But Stroud didn't have that. Bennett certainly as hell has never had that. Again, we said this when the Seisman rankings got announced. If you were to rank Georgia's 22 starters on offense and defense, Stetson Bennett we ranked 22. Stetson Bennett is not the reason that they are undefeated. Stetson Bennett's numbers are similar to J.J. McCarthy's numbers. Like, And J.J. McCarthy actually has less interceptions than Stetson Bennett and is undefeated. And won a conference championship. So if you're going to put Stetson Bennett in there, why are we not putting J.J. McCarthy in? Who is better than Stetson Bennett in regards to just all-around player? J.J. McCarthy is a more talented athlete than Stetson Bennett is. And I am well aware, before anybody says it, I'm well aware being the best athlete or being the better athlete does not constitute you winning a Heisman Trophy or getting invited to New York or being a finalist or whatever. It doesn't constitute that. But Stetson Bennett is one of the last reasons why Georgia is as good as they are. I don't want to take anything away from Stetson Bennett as a player because I think he's a very good player. But that's it. He's just good. He's not great. Every other quarterback listed on here is better than him. And that's just the ones listed on here. Like the three that finished above him, and then Hooker, Young, Penix, and May are all better than Stetson Bennett. That's not. You know what? I don't want to be mean, but you know what? Let's be mean here. We don't do a lot of mean stuff here on the Logan Blackman Show. So let's go through... uh, conferences and see which quarterbacks are better than Stetson Bennett. And we're just going to do the big ones. I don't want to waste too much time on that. Uh, start with the ACC. GJU, I don't think he's better than Stetson Bennett. I don't think DJU is a very good quarterback at all. Jordan Travis, 
for Florida State, I think Jordan Travis might be a better quarterback than Stetson Bennett. It's close. I, I like Jordan Travis a lot. Uh, who is Syracuse quarterback? Garrett. Um, I'm trying to look. I'm trying not to look at the quarter. Look at the rosters. Garrett. He's number six. He's very mobile. I can't. You know what? No, we're not going to put that in over here. Malik Cunningham, who just announced he's going to the NFL. Very surprising, but not really at the same time. I think, again, he could be like a fifth, sixth round draft pick. Uh, I think Malik Cunningham is better. Devin Leary, he's transferring. I don't know where he's going to transfer to. Is Devin Leary better than Bennett? Yeah, I think he is. Sam Hartman for Wake Forest. I think that one's close, possibly. Uh, Phil Yurkovic, as of right now, Bennett is better. Drake May, no, again, we already said that. He's better than Slovis. He's better than Riley Leonard at Duke. He's better than Jeff Sims. He's not uh, – Miami's quarterback situation is kind of weird. I don't know who the technically starter is right now. I don't know if it's still Tyler Van Dyke. I don't know if he's coming back next year or not. I don't think I don't think he's entered the name in the portal or anything. But uh, Brendan Armstrong, Bennett's better. Virginia Tech, don't even know who their quarterback is. I have no idea. I don't care either. Uh, Big 12, we already said he's not better than Duggan. Kansas State, Adrian Martinez, I think he's better than him. Quinn Ewers, I think Ewers is better. Texas Tech, is it Tyler Show? Is Tyler Show the quarterback for Texas Tech? No, it's Donovan Smith. Uh, I guess I didn't even need to really click on that, even if I said Tyler Show. Bennett's better. Spencer Sanders from Okie State? I don't know. I like Spencer Sanders a lot. I do like Spencer Sanders. I'm going I'm to pass on that one. Blake Schappen at Baylor, Bennett's better. Dylan Gabriel, Bennett's better. Jaden Daniels. Or Jalen Daniels, Bennett's better. JT Daniels, Bennett's better. Hunter Deckers, Bennett's better. Uh, Big Ten, JJ McCarthy, I think that one's close. I mean, their numbers are eerily similar, but similar situation though. JJ McCarthy's not the reason their offense is clicking. They were in a big, they were a Big Ten champ last year. Like they, they did this exact same thing last year. It's not just because JJ McCarthy, Blake Corum went off, Donovan Edwards went off as well. Like they have a lot of really good piece throw lines. That one of the best, if not the best, in all of college football. So they've got options there, but it's close. It's close. Uh, Stroud, no, Bennett's worse than Stroud. Sean Clifford, uh, Bennett's better. Tua, Leah Tagovailoa, uh, Bennett's better. Peyton Thorne, Bennett's better. Uh, I don't remember who Indiana's quarterback is or Rutgers quarterback. So we're gonna say Bennett's better. Aiden O'Connell, it's close. I think if we're talking about draft stock, O'Connell is better, but I don't know if he's like actually better than him. Illinois, it's not Brandon Peters. Who the hell is their quarterback? Wow. Is it Arthur Sitkowski? No, they had a Tom- – it's Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Uh, Bennett's better. Uh, I'm not even going to mention his name. Uh, Cade McNamara, is he better than Cade McNamara? <laughs> it's close. It's close. Minnesota, Tanner Morgan. Yeah, he's better than Tanner Morgan. Graham Mertz, he's better than Graham Mertz. He's better than Casey Thompson. He's better than Ryan Helinski. Moving on to the, what's the next big conference? The Pac-12, Caleb Williams, no. Penix, no. Bo Nix, no. Cam Rising, no. Oregon State, I don't remember who their quarterback is, so we're just going to say yes. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he's not better than him. Cameron Ward, he's not better than him. Jaden DeLura, it's close. Nah, Bennett's better than DeLura. Cal, is that the old, is that Plummer? Is that Jack Plummer? I think so. Bennett's better. Emory Jones, Bennett's better. McKee. If McKee was on a better team and had actually actual weapons and a decent old line and not a archaic game plan, then yeah, McKee'd be better. I don't even know. Shadur Sanders. Shadur Sanders is better than Stetson Bennett. He's better than Stetson Bennett. He hasn't played for Colorado yet, but he's better than Stetson Bennett. And then the SEC, uh, Hennon Hooker is Rattler. 
We'll talk about Rattler here in a little bit. Bennett's better than Rattler. Levis, Levis is better. Richardson, I think Richardson's better. Just I be care. I know, I know, I know. I'm not even gonna elaborate. I know. Vanderbilt, Mike Wright, he's better than Mike Wright. Missouri, I don't even know who their quarterback is. LSU, Jaden Daniels. Uh, it's close. It's close. I'm gonna go Daniels. Bryce Young, no. Rogers, close. Again, very close. Uh Jackson Dart, close. KJ Jefferson, close. Auburn, he's better than Auburn. I don't even know. Is it Finley? Is Finley the quarterback for Auburn? I don't I don't even remember. And then Haynes King, he's better than Haynes King. So there's a few quarterbacks he's better than. I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty much 50-50 on who's better than him and who's not. I don't think Bennett will get drafted. I don't think there's a chance in hell that Bennett gets drafted. But then again, I didn't think Brock Purdy would get drafted either. And hell, Brock Purdy's going to start against Tom Brady. He's playing against Tom Brady right now. And it's 20 to nothing. Purdy has a touchdown over, Brock, over Tom freaking Brady. Is a rushing touchdown. He's 9 for 11 with a touchdown there as well. He's got two touchdowns on the day. They're up 20 to nothing. Oh, man, I wanted George Kittle to get a touchdown. He, he could still get one. He's got three catches for 33 yards in this game. It'd be awesome to see Iowa State and Iowa hook up for a touchdown in the NFL. It would be pretty cool. I have no ill will towards Brock Purdy. I have no. Oh, they just took a touchdown off the board. Ah, no, they just took a touchdown off the board. Chris McCaffrey had a touchdown. They took it off. They just went from 20 to, four, to, 20 to nothing to 14 to nothing like that. Okay, now it's back to 20 to nothing. I don't Okay, it's 14 to nothing. It's 14 to nothing. But uh, the Heisman stuff, back to the original topic, the Heisman stuff's kind of weird because people, like, there's some people that are actually upset that Caleb Williams won the Heisman, and I don't really understand why. Like, they're, they're, the whole argument that I've been seeing is, like, um, Caleb Williams is not respectful. Caleb Williams is this. Caleb Williams is that. I don't know what the hell he is. I think it's hilarious that he puts F whoever the team they're playing on his nails. I think that's hilarious. I think his suit was gross. The Adidas Gucci thing that he had on with the three stripes on the side is gross, but that's whatever. And yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't have a problem with Caleb Williams do that because the same people that are doing this are like, you cannot be friends with your opponent. Don't be friends with your opponent. Don't be your friend. But then he does that, and it's like, he's not being friends with his opponent. And I don't think his opponents want to be friends with him. I really have no issue with Caleb Williams doing that. I think it's funny. And it's nice to see that there's some character involved in that. I mean, character, it's weird to say that because there's going to be some people like, oh, is that character? He's putting F the other team. How could you do that? It's just character and like, oh, he's actually got personality to this. And then people want to go after like, um, him saying LOL to that video of Max Duggan crying. The only reason he did that is because they were bashing him for crying in the press conference after the Pac-12 championship game. He's not making fun of Max Duggan. He's making fun of the hypocrisy from RG3 and the other ESPN guys. Like, it's a freaking, it's a freaking mess. Now, I think Duggan had, if we're talking about just individual moment between Duggan and Williams, on who had the better overall moment, I would say Duggan did. Duggan had the better moment but Williams is the better quarterback. Caleb Williams is the better player. Like, even if you just watch him, if you just look at stats, whatever you want to look at, Caleb Williams is better than Max Duggan. And I love Max Duggan. I'm an Iowan. I played, I didn't even realize this until the other day. I completely forgot about it. We played Max Duggan my senior year of high school when he was a freshman at Lewis Central over in Council Bluffs. We beat him 7 nothing. Completely forgot that game existed. It got brought up in one of my group chats the other day. I had to go back and look at it. I was like, I forgot about that game altogether because Lewis Central 
is a weird hotbed for quarterbacks. At least they were back-to-back years. One of their quarterbacks went to go play for South Dakota, the Yotes, and then Max Duggan, obviously a Heisman finalist. The second Heisman finalist of the 21st century for TCU, the other one being LaDainian Tomlinson. Like, it's a freaking craziness. I love Max Duggan. I'll be cheering for TCU in the playoff, but you're not going to sit here and tell me that he's a better player than Caleb Williams. You cannot like Caleb Williams. I don't think Caleb Williams really cares if you like him or not. Caleb Williams was the guy who should have won the Heisman, and he did. I love Max Duggan. Again, Iowan. Love him. Played his heart out in the Big 12 championship game against, uh, against Kansas State. He deserved to be there. He deserved to finish second. I have no issue with him finishing second, but he should not have won the Heisman. I think the person that should have won the Heisman won the Heisman. I think that's how it worked out. And you can be mad about that, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Like, Williams, again, love him or hate him. He can be a little corny at times. But he's a really damn good quarterback. He's damn good. And he's going to get probably drafted first overall next year. And like we had a situation last year with Bryce Young, or earlier this year with Bryce Young, I don't – and it's early. It's early. Like, the season's not even over yet. We haven't even reached bowl season yet. But I'm sitting here right now, and I'm like, who beats him out for the Heisman next year? Because Stroud and Young will be gone. Stroud and Young will be gone. They're going to the NFL, obviously. They haven't announced anything, but it's kind of the expected, the expected cause. Drake May will be up there. Do The problem is, do I – can I really see a North Carolina player winning the Heisman? And it's going to sound stupid because it's an individual award, but their defense might keep him out from winning a Heisman trophy because he's damn good. He's good enough to get 11, 12 wins a season, but their defense will keep them down to the eight, seven, eight win mark. And that's where the struggles are going to be here. So I don't know. Is Caleb Williams going to win it second year in a row? I think there's a real possibility he can like Quinn Ewers will obviously be mentioned up there from North Car- uh, from Texas. I'm gonna hold on, go back to standings. I want to see if I can try to think of any quarterbacks that could win a Heisman. Transfer portal quarterbacks win a Heisman. Um, like, let's go back to the transfer portal because Caleb Williams obviously a transfer portal guy. Transferred from Oklahoma to USC. Positions football transfers. Okay, quarterback Devin Leary. Don't think so. DJ Yoon, I don't think so. Hudson Card, no. Uh. Oh, Brett Gabbert entered the transfer portal and left. Went back to Miami of Ohio. Caden McNamara? Huh. That's an interesting one. <laughs> I think Caden McNamara can win it. <laughs> uh, I don't know how good Colorado could be, but I could see Shadur Sanders causing some ruckus up there. Uh, Michael Penix, with the year he had, he's coming back. He could win it. I don't know if Bo Nix is coming back or not, but I could see him pushing his name back in there. The fact he didn't finish top 10 is kind of upsetting, but there's a lot of good quarterbacks there, so I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, he got screwed. No, there's a lot of really good quarterbacks that finished in the top 10 in the Heisman Trophy ranks. Big 12, again, we already said Quinn Ewers. Uh, TCU start, who was the starter at the beginning of the season? Chandler Morris. I think Chandler Morris could have a have a shot at doing that, especially with what Duggan did this year and Sonny Dykes' new offense. I think Chandler Morris could have a chance at winning one, possibly. I think J.J. McCarthy could get back up there with his dual threat ability. I think he could get up there. Uh, who else do we got? Whoever plays for, well, I guess, Caleb Williams. Because Lincoln Riley has had three Heisman Trophy winners. He's been a head coach for six years. 
Dude has six, three, he's 50% on Heisman Trophy winner since he's been a college football, football coach. That's not supposed to happen. That is not normal. That is not normal. That is the exact opposite of normal, actually. You're not supposed to have three Heisman Trophy winners. And not only that, three Heisman Trophy winners is one thing. From two different schools is a completely other thing. And Caleb Williams came from the first school that he was at. Like, Alabama has three ever in their history. Like, Nick Saban has three Heisman Trophy winners. Lincoln Riley has three as well, just in a way shorter time frame. And turned Jalen Hurts into a legit draftable quarterback, which he was not when he was overplaying at Alabama. He was a backup. He was a mobile guy. Not a really great thrower of the football. Is there anybody else in the SEC that could challenge for a Heisman Trophy? Jackson Dart, I think, could do something. He's fun. Spencer Rattler's always got the potential to do something because I think he's really talented. But I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm going to get in this habit now because all the other quarterbacks that finish in that top five are going to be gone. Every quarterback on this list, apart from Penix and May, and obviously Williams, are going to be gone. I, I guess I don't know if Duggan's going to go to the NFL now. That's the expectation. I don't even know where Duggan's going to get drafted. I have no read on where Max Duggan's going to get drafted. Whether that's position, what round, where, I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea where the NFL is viewing Stetson, or Max Duggan as a, a draft guy. I think the top three guys, from what I've read, is something along the lines of Young, Stroud, and Levis. From the national media outlets that I've seen, it seems like those are the top three guys. And the rest of it, it's like, okay, who's who of draftable quarterbacks? I think there'll be a lot of quarterbacks drafted this year. So we had seven, or how many did we drafted last year? Seven or eight quarterbacks last year? Nine or ten? Like, there's ten quarterbacks usually get drafted a year. And some of you never even hear from, but there's about ten quarterbacks that will get drafted this year. Maybe even more, because it's a very solid quarterback class. So I have no idea where Duggan's going to get drafted. Like, I saw some today from the NFL Rookie Watch page that we've talked about before. Several NFL scouts reportedly believe Spencer Rattler can make a, quote, Kenny Pickett-type jump in terms of his draft value by returning to college for one more season. Gamecocks QB is reportedly supposed to have a decision on his future, quote, soon. Um, I don't know. I, I, Spencer Rattler's really talented. I don't know why that would be like a Kenny Pickett-style jump because Kenny Pickett was never viewed as a draftable quarterback until his last year. Rattler's been viewed as a draftable quarterback since he first walked on campus. Spencer Rattler was the number one overall pick for a lot of people, including yours truly, last year before he got benched for Texas against Texas sort of second straight season. Like, there's no... Like, Spencer Rattler, everybody knows how good Spencer Rattler can be. His attitude just sucks, and he's super inconsistent. He played really well in the latter stages this year. But I don't know if Kenny Pickett's style jump, because Kenny Pickett, again, was nothing to the NFL until his last year at Pitt. No one knew he had that stuff in him. He, knew, he wasn't a first-round draft pick. Like, we're if we're looking at that, we're looking at a guy that is not viewed highly by anybody, has never really been viewed highly by anybody, because he has, though his draft stocks plummeted tremendously, he was once viewed as a top quarterback in the draft. And we're looking at, like, who's going to be from zero to hero like that, like Pickett was, it's not going to be Rattler. I mean, I'm not saying Rattler can't go off, but that wouldn't be surprised to a lot of people because Rattler has that in him. It's just a matter of can he realize it. Like, you'd be looking at someone like, I don't know, let's scroll around a little bit. Uh, 
who's not really viewed ever been viewed as a draft quarterback. I I, I don't know. We kind of made fun of this earlier. Cade McNamara, that'd be a picket style jump, where Cade McNamara's season high in passing touchdowns is 15. That's the level we're talking about here, where you go from oh this guy's a good quarterback, not really draft worthy. And then, boom, he goes off for 40 touchdowns in the seasons, which was what no one expects. That's what we're talking about with a picket-style jump. Like, Rattler, he got, what? He got six, Okay, he got 16 touchdowns this year. He got 28 his first year as a starter at Oklahoma. So, like, that's not – that wouldn't be surprising if he exploded again. Because he's got that in him. We've seen it there. It just can't he stay consistent enough to warrant a top draft spot. And then we're talking about picket-style jump. If we're talking about like getting into the first round, I think there's a chance he can. But again, I wouldn't be too shocked by that because I don't think he's bad quarterback. I just think he's too up and down and his attitude stinks. And that's about it we're, we're worried about with uh, with Rattler. And while we're on the topic of quarterbacks, this kind of answered my question and what we had on Friday of what the Lions are going to do at the position of quarterback for the future. And I saw something today. I don't know how true this is. I wouldn't really be shocked by it because he's only 28 years old. But... They said the Lions, Jared Goff, is expected to be the QB of the future in Detroit. That doesn't surprise me. Jared Goff's playing really good football right now. They got a really nice win against the Minnesota Vikings today. They were favored against the 10-win Vikings today. And the Lions went into Detroit, beat them by double digits. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a good game. I don't want to take anything away from Kirk Cousins, but that's what kind of that helps when you're losing a game. You're, you're allowed to stat pad a little bit more. So you need to come back. That's why Jameis Winston, when he had the 30-30 season, it's like, you're throwing 30 interceptions. The only reason he's got 30 touchdowns is because you're losing in every game, so his numbers are ridiculous. He's got like 5,000 passing yards because they're losing all the time. So they're throwing the ball a shit ton more than what they would if they had a designed game plan, but they're losing all the time. So he's throwing interceptions. But I'm, I'm not surprised that they're leaning that direction. I'm, I would be more surprised if they were like, yeah, Jared Goff's done. Jared Goff's got two years left on his contract. And... If you want to get a quarterback of the future and get like a Stroud or something who's a very like for like replacement of Jared Goff in some ways, then yeah, that could work. That could work. And that's not even a diss on on Stroud. Again, people want to bash Jared Goff all the freaking time. Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know where that get implemented in a lot of you guys' heads out there, but Jared Goff's not a bad quarterback. Never has been. He's struggled at times, as most quarterbacks have, but that dude broke his thumb in a playoff game and proceeded to play two games after that. On his right hand, not his left hand, on his right hand. And still went into Green Bay and almost beat the Packers in Lambeau. Like, it, impressive stuff. I have nothing but respect for Jared Goff. And I have nothing but respect for Mike White. Mike White, Mike White today against the Bills got absolutely shattered. Got destroyed by Ed Oliver and Matt Milano in the same exact spot on his ribs. Left the game, went to the locker room, came back, finished the game out. Like, Mike White, like, if you're talking about complete polar opposites of quarterbacks between the two main guys there. Obviously, Joe Flacco's still there. But you're looking at the Jets, and you look at the difference between Mike White and Zach Wilson. Is Zach Wilson doing what Mike White's doing? Like, Mike White doesn't strike me as a guy that would just bluntly tell the the, the reporter no if they asked if he had any if he was felt responsible for the offense struggling. I think Mike White would be the front and center of that. Like, I don't think Zach Wilson's going back in a game after getting smacked like that. Like, he got drilled. It wasn't like it was some light tap. No, he got freaking leveled. Arm extended and everything, so it's just a clear shot to his ribs. On his right side. I broke my ribs twice. It's not a great feeling. And there's nothing you can really do about it. I remember when I broke my ribs in seventh grade. It was at practice. The first time I broke my ribs. 
And I was like, Dad, I want to go to the hospital. Or I want to go to the doctor to get this checked out. He's like, what do you want? To, what are they going to do? You can't put a cast on a rib. And I remember sitting there. I was like, yeah, you can't do that. What are you going to do? And I remember sitting there. I was like, man, this freaking hurts. But guess what? You can't put a cast on a rib. So I'm just going to have to tough it out. So I did. <laughs> but the I don't know if I've ever told this story out here. I broke my ribs two years later, my freshman year of high school. Oh, I was in middle school at the time. I was ninth grade. It's it, Johnson's weird. They do the ninth, the tenth, eleventh, twelfth in the high school, eighth, ninth in the middle school, then sixth and seventh in another middle school, and then you got you know elementary school, pre K to to the fifth grade. And uh, I broke them in ninth grade. We we're playing my dad's high school, Roosevelt, and a big dude, massive dude. I was on the ground, just jumped on me, pretty much out of nowhere. Like the play was over, just dumped on top of me, felt it pop, and it didn't feel very good. Wind knocked out of me instantly. And I'm in class like a few, like a day later. And if you guys remember this, I don't know how all your schools work, but back in Johnson Middle School, and this is how, to my knowledge, how a lot of schools work, they have those like chairs that are attached to the table thing. Like the back, back the like you could crack your back on those relatively easily. Like they're, they're not hard to break. Like you just lean back and you just crack your back. I leaned back in one of those things and I felt like, it's one of those things where you're like, if you feel resistance, stop. And I, for whatever reason, didn't stop. So I kept pushing back and it popped back into place. And I was at Miss Leo's English class. And I sprinted out of the classroom and started crying because I thought I was going to freaking die. Like that hurt so bad. Like I have knocked my tooth out twice. Once by running into a dresser, the other one ripping it out by a basketball net. That hurt almost worse than knocking my tooth out. One, because the first time I knocked my tooth out, I wasn't awake, so I didn't even remember it. And my adrenaline was so high when I got ripped out of my mouth by the basketball net that I didn't hurt, didn't feel anything. But that rib, that hurt. I wanted to leave. And I called my dad in the bathroom, like, hyperventilating because I can't breathe. And I was like, my dad's like, yeah, I just got popped back in the place. Like, the most nonchalant answer you could give. It's like, I'm freaking out, thinking I'm going to die. And then, uh, yeah, you're fine. Just go back to class. <laughs> Never dealt with it. Never actually did anything with it. Because, again, you can't put a cast in a rib. And maybe that's parental abuse. I don't know if it is or not. But it didn't, I didn't get a further injury from it, which was fine. I had a big flak jacket. Not a big one, but I wore, like, a... I don't know if they still make these things, but it was like a shirt with pads around it. Like I wore a flak jacket at William Penn. That thing sucked. Like, actually sucked. It was the only time I wore a legit flak jacket. Oh my god, that thing was so hot. When you have spring practices, oh my god, going into the summer for spring ball, oh my goodness. Fall ball in August in Iowa, oh, brutal. Sweating like freaking crazy. You could wring that thing out, it was so sweaty. I'm not a bad sweater, my dad and sister are brutal, but I'm not at that level. But that made me feel like my dad and sister for a little bit. It made me down at their level, which was pretty... Pretty strange, but Mike White, all the credit in the world to you, dude. Justin Fields, the same way in the the playoff game against the uh, the Clemson Tigers a few years ago, one of the best player playoff performances I've ever seen. One of my favorite college football games I've ever watched. Mike White had said, and then the Bills won. Ugly game, all around ugly game. The weather was bad. The offenses weren't great. Ken Dorsey's offensive game plan is really weird. Isaiah McKenzie dropped a bunch of passes today. Everything was just off, but the weather again was just it was just gross. It wasn't anything like torrential but it was like raining snowing windy it was just like that weird like 30 degree weather where it's not like super cold but it's not it's not not cold 
and everything just looks off. It, it was just really weird today, but they got the dub 20 to 12. So they're still the number one overall seed in the AFC. They got 10 wins. They're 10 and three right now. The Chiefs are absolutely blowing out the Broncos right now, which is was expected. Oh, the Broncos have scored uh, 27 to 14 at halftime. And yeah, Jarek McKinnon, two, oh, two receiving touchdowns for Jarek McKinnon. Let's go. I started him in fantasy this week because Alvin Kamara was on a bye. Uh, Kirk Cousins late game heroics. I say heroics, he lost, but Kirk Cousins late game today. And then you got Jarek McKinnon, Jer Jamar Chase balled out today as well. Joe Burrow looks like awesome as per usual. But there's a lot of good quarterbacks right now in the NFL. Like if I had to rank the top five quarterbacks in the league right now in no particular order, uh, Josh Mahomes, Hurts, Burrow, probably Tua. Like th there's some good quarterbacks play. They're good quarterback play in the NFL right now. Now, that being said, this is a topic that gets brought up all the time, and it will get brought up more tonight during the game, and especially will get brought up what happens in the game tonight, about who's better between Bur uh, Herbert and Tua. Who is better between Herbert and Tua? Overall, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close between Herbert and Tua. I think Herbert is a lot better than Tua. Tua plays for a better team. Tua's offensive game plan is well-structured. Mike McDaniel is a very, very smart guy. Very, very good game planner. And Tua, I don't know if this, I'm starting to, I don't know if I think this is cool or not, but Mike McDaniel is always like, that's my fault, that's my fault with everything that goes bad. Like, at one hand, I'm like, oh, that's cool that a coach is doing that. But on the other hand, it's like, apparently they had, he had like a 700 clip thing of plays Tua did to prove that he was a good quarterback. Is Tua's confidence just that low that he needs to do that every single time? Something bad happens. Like, that was my fault, too. Don't worry about it. Because he got blamed for everything when Brian Flores was there. Because Brian Flores, we all know, Brian Flores was never a fan of Tua. Never. He didn't even want to draft him. He wanted Herbert. Like, they did not, that, that it was not, or they wanted Burrow. They wanted Burrow and then Herbert, and then they wanted Tua because they had the whole tank for Tua thing. <laughs> but you were just talking about, like, physical tools. Justin Herbert is way better than Tua. Just look at the offenses, though. Then you're like, okay. These offenses are a little bit different. A little bit different. Like, Keenan Allen's been hurt a lot of the year. Like, Keenan Allen and Tyreek Hill are two awesome receivers. Jalen Waddell and Mike Williams are two awesome number two receivers. Both O-lines are good, not great. Chargers one's a little bit worse because Rashawn Slater's been hurt a little bit this year, if I remember correctly. And then defensively, Chargers just injured to hell and back. Dolphins got some key pieces on defense. Like, they're, they're similar-ish teams. Charge running back situation's better. Dolphins got Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Charge got Austin Eckler. But the game plans are just different. Lombardi cannot call plays. You would think with his last name he'd be an excellent game, uh, play caller, but no. He's not. He's not at all. He's actually really bad at it. And Mike McDaniel is actually really good at it. And you can tell. Like, the Dolphins play directly into Tua's strengths. And we've talked about this before on the show, and it's great game planning for Mike McDaniel. You look at what the Dolphins run. All of their plays are crossing routes, essentially. Crossing routes are things short. Tua does not have a very strong arm. It's not a bad arm. It's just not incredibly strong. So they run a lot of routes that allow Tua to throw in front of the receivers to get them extra yards. Because you've got receivers like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. You're asking defenders to follow them horizontally across the field. That's not going to happen for a very long stretch of time. They're going to lose that defender like that. They're the two fastest players in the NFL. And then you want to add in Raheem Mostert. He's another one of the top fastest players in the NFL. No defender is going to keep up with those guys. You get them on the move and throw them, hit them in stride, no one's catching them. Not a single soul is catching them. 
And that's why Tyreek Hill has 1,300 yards and five touchdowns this year. And Jalen Waddle would have more, but he was hurt a little bit last week. He's battled some injuries with his ankle. He had that injury at Alabama. Obviously not the same. It might be the same injury, but it's obviously a couple years down the line. But, yeah, the game plan's just different. But if you switch the quarterbacks, I don't really think we'd have a discussion at all at this point. I think it's I, – I don't think we should have a discussion on who's better. I think this year, it's hard to say Tua statistically has not been better than Herbert. But I think just overall – uh, Herbert is better than Tua. And I know I ranked the top five quarterbacks. I put two in there, not Herbert. But that's based off this year. I don't think Jalen Hurts is better than uh, Justin Herbert. But he is this year. And I think Jalen Hurts is a legit shot at winning the MVP. So I feel more and more vindicated that I said he's going to be a top 10 quarterback at the start of the year. I should have nailed it down even further and said top five because this dude's absolutely tear it up. They killed the Giants today. Absolutely killed it. 40-48-22. to 22. And Jalen Hurts didn't really need to do a whole lot today. Miles Sanders killed him on the ground. Jalen Hurts, I guess, did have 77 yards on the ground. I was not aware of that. But he had two touchdowns passing, 217 yards. A.J. Brown had a touchdown receiving. Shocker. Gardner Minshew played in the game. He got a kneel down later in the game. Uh, Tyrod Taylor played the game for the Giants. I don't know if Daniel Jones got hurt or not, or they benched him. Wouldn't be surprised either way. And Tyrod threw a touchdown. So good job for Tyrod. Always here when Tyrod, for Tyrod to do something awesome. Always love that. But yeah, the Eagles absolutely dominated. And they locked up the NFC, clinched the playoff spot. Vikings would have clinched the NFC North today if they won today, but again, they lost 23-34. Jaguars beat up on the Titans 36-22. Trevor Lawrence, three passing touchdowns, 368 through the air. Awesome stuff. Evan Ingram, two touchdowns, 162. Zay Jones, 77 yards. Kicked him. Kicked him, and I loved it. I loved it. When I was a few years ago, I said, man, that sucks because I didn't like the Jaguars. So when they went to the AFC Championship game against the Patriots, talked loads of shit, and they went, like, what, four games, five games the next year? It was annoying. Jalen Ramsey called Josh Allen trash, so they were probably going to be number one. But now I don't care, because I like Trevor Lawrence. I like Doug Peterson. I like uh, I like Trevor Travis Etienne. I like a lot of players they have. I hate the Titans. I think they're dirty, and I don't think they're very good. They're one of the least watchable teams in the NFL. Hate watching the Titans play. But a good win for them. Ravens-Steelers, brutal game. I guess Kenny Pickett got hurt in this game. Trubisky threw three interceptions. Uh, Tyler Huntley played. He had Anthony Brown, who I did not know was on the Ravens. He played today, the quarterback from Oregon. J.K. Dobbins, 120 yards rushing. He had Gus Edwards get 66 yards on the ground as well. 16-14 to 14 win. Didn't see a lick of that game. Didn't see anything from that one. And the Bengals-Browns, Bengals beat them up 23-10. Cowboys came back against the one-win Texans to win 27-23. Fun game. Fun game. I was watching that game with uh, my friend Zach, who has been on the show before. Big Cowboys fan, so that was entertaining. My introduction to the room was, <laughs> are the Cowboys still losing to the one-win team? <laughs> I just needed I needed to spark something. I needed to spark something. It, didn't, it wouldn't affect me either way if the Cowboys won or the Texans won, but that would have just been really funny if the, the, Texans, the one-win Texans beat the Cowboys. But the Bengals and Joe Burrow again. Joe Burrow threw an interception today, but, dude, Joe Burrow's awesome. Joe Burrow's touchdown pass to Jamar Chase today was freaking ridiculous. Like, you you hold up like a water glass. Like, that's how big the hole was that Joe Burrow fit the ball through to get to Jamar Chase. Like, Joe Burrow is insane. He is one of the, I don't think there's anybody out there that can really hate Joe Burrow. I think he's one of the most likable dudes in the NFL. By far. I don't I don't know how you could root against Joe Burrow. Like the team and they wore their awesome uniforms today. I love the Bengals. Uh, white pants with the black jerseys. I love that look. 
It looks sweet. I don't know if they have orange socks. I think the orange, if they did wear the orange socks today, I don't really remember. Okay, they didn't. I was going to say, I don't remember them wearing orange socks, but they have done that in the past. Yeah, if you have black jerseys, just go with the black socks. It looks sick. Bengals got awesome uniforms. I'm so happy they updated those because their uniforms like Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, Carson Palmer, they were brutal. The stupid-ass white stripe down the black jersey just looks freaking stupid. Now they look slick. They look very slick. They're very clean. Oh, Jamison Williams got his first touchdown catch of the uh, first touchdown. So congratulations to him. Drafted 12th overall. Uh, torn ACL at Alabama. Would have been the first receiver off the board had he not torn his ACL. But guys, first touchdown today. Awesome stuff for him. Justin Jefferson, 223 yards receiving. Good Lord. Good Lord, Justin Jefferson. And then uh, I can't believe I forgot about this. I was scrolling around ESPN here. Uh, Rams Raiders. Raiders. What happened? What was that? How do you lose that game? To Baker. Like, Baker got there Tuesday night and played Thursday and let a 98-yard touchdown drive to win the game. Why are you playing press man coverage with no time left at, like, the 15-yard line? Why is that a defensive formation you were signed up to? Like, they had no safety over top. Like, that's the easiest read in the freaking book. Like, Baker even laughed about that after the game. He's like, I don't know what they were doing. I commend Baker 100% on that. I think that was an awesome game for Baker. First game, two days, at a day after really getting signed, a day and a half after getting signed, and you ball out against the Raiders. Now, the Raiders are not great. Raiders are not a good football team. We know this. But to do that in a day... I don't care how good of a football team you are. That is damn impressive. Now, I do think that he is an NFL quarterback. He is a very smart guy. So I don't think it's, like, out of the question for him to do that. We see players do it a lot. Like, Christian McCaffrey did that with the 49ers. He played his first game against the Chiefs, I believe, after a day after signing for them or getting traded to them. So I think it's not out of the question. They probably dumbed down the playbook a little bit. That's not saying anything bad on Baker, but... They did probably dumb it down a little bit because you don't expect them to master all the calls, all everything, throughout the entirety of their playbook with Sean McVay and go, yep, here's the entire thing. They probably gave him select plays and said, here, do it like this. And Baker did enough to get them the win. It was awesome. I still don't think Baker's an amazing quarterback, but he did really well. I saw today during the Bills at Jets game, Tony Romo said in the 2018 draft, because Mike White was a fifth rounder out of Western Kentucky, he said the draft should have gone Josh Allen first, Lamar second, Mike White third, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. Mike White's winning this team over. He's winning the Jets over. I like Mike White. It's hard not to root for Mike White. I still think they'll go after someone like Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason. I think with uh, the 49ers contingent there, I think that'd be a very smart move for them. He's going to be a free agent this offseason. So I think that'd be a move for them. And we'll see what happens with Purdy because uh, the 49ers are up 21-0 to and they got a, finally got a touchdown. They allowed it. Chris McCaffrey got 27-yard passing touch, receiving touchdown. He's got 81 yards on the ground as well. Brock Purdy set 11 for 14, 135 yards and a touchdown. Awesome stuff. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I want to see Brock Purdy do well. I think that's really cool. Very smart guy. Very likable guy. Uh, Iowa State's greatest ever quarterback. Probably one of their greatest ever players. Like, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with him doing well. Uh, the Panthers, they're beating the Seahawks 20-14. T-Boy texted me about this game. And I had no idea what to like, no idea what to pick for this game. I did start Tony Jones, I believe his name is this for this game because everybody said he was going to start. He has registered no rushes and uh, no catches either. He's done nothing. He's done nothing. But thankfully, again, Jarrett McKinnon's got two touchdowns already. So we're look, we're sitting pretty pretty at this point 
with Jarek McKinnon. Obviously, Kirk Cousins had a good game. We had Jamar Chase having a good game. Michael Badgley made a field goal late, so that helped me out as well to pick him up for free agency because all these teams have these stupid Week 14 buys. Ugh. I should I should check the other leagues as well. Let's check let's check some fantasy football right now. So we have we're in four leagues. We are going to be in the playoffs in all of them, I believe. Or at least that's the plan. So we got my William Penn league. I'm ten and three. I'm going to lose this week. I'm going to lose this week. Yeah, Mark Andrews getting point one point seven points. And the thing is, like, none of my bench players are really doing better. So I couldn't even really done a whole lot. I guess I could have had Juju. I should have played him. He has six point one points right now. Ayuk is doing nothing so far. He's got two point five. Gabe Davis uh, didn't really do a lot today. Uh, Chris Boswell, I picked him up today. It didn't do anything. I didn't expect Trey Risky to play and throw three interceptions. That didn't help me. My other league, which is the league I've been in since I believe seventh grade, I'm up 94 to 64. I'm projected 127. At the midway point of the day, I was projected like 70. And then Kirk Cousins started throwing touchdowns. Jay Chase kept getting touched. I got a touchdown. Lockett, oh, Lockett scored. Matt Badgley got 11 points because that field goal at the end of the game helped a lot. I contemplated started uh, Garrett Wilson because he's been going off, but I knew the weather today was not going to be great, and the Bills were going to lock that dude up. He still had a good game. Still had a good game. 78 yards receiving for him. But, uh, yeah, Jones doing absolutely nothing in this game. He hasn't registered a carry. He was supposed to start. Like, this is, like... <sighs> Stupid. Whatever. I almost picked up Travis Homer today as well, so that, that's kind of annoying. But we're we're making the playoffs of things stand right now. Because every team makes the playoffs apart from two this league. We have the Sacco, which if you watch the league, which is a very good show, I'd recommend watching that. Oh, and Glenn dropped Evan Ingram today for Tyler Huntley. Oh, no. Is Glenn going to win, though? Is that one fine? Where's Glenn at? Glenn's not Oh, he started. Whoa, no. No, I mean, David Njoku got 15 points for him, so he didn't have a terrible day with him. But what did Evan Ingram end up with? 33 points. He dropped for Tyler Huntley, who got a whopping six. That'd be really funny if Glenn missed the playoffs for that, but he's not going to. But the problem was I needed to win today because the two teams that are currently in last are 4-9. and nine. They're both playing each other today. So if I win, I will go to 6-8, and eight, and they will go to 5-9, and nine, the team that wins that game. So I need to win that game in order to keep my playoff hopes alive, which I apparently have got a 90, what is it, a 96% chance to win. So we're holding on there. Then my other league, which is my friend's neighborhood league, I am projected to, I'm still projected to win, but Geno Smith's doing absolutely nothing for me right now. And I have Austin Eckler tonight. He's going to be done here. The team I'm playing is going to be done here in a little bit. He's got two, three players playing right now. And it's Butker, the Seahawks defense, and Debo Samuel. And I got who who like so I got Geno Smith playing. I've got DK Metcalf playing. I've got Isaiah Pacheco playing. So we're looking. I mean, I'm losing right now, but this is another one where I don't know if I need to win, but a win would definitely help me get into the playoffs. And then my final league, uh, I'm winning and I'm gonna make the playoffs now. I'm gonna be ten and four. If all things stand, yeah, I'm gonna be ten and four. He didn't check his lineup this week, so Aaron Jones is in on a bye week, and he's got only one player currently playing. So I'm, I've got that one locked up. Hopefully, unless Debo Samuel absolutely annihilates the second half, and Zeke on the bench with 24 points, not great. This scoring in this league's weird. I'm not even gonna try and explain that one. And then I'm in fantasy hockey, and I'm winning by 0.1 points right now. 0.1 points. Oh my goodness! And the games end today. Games end today, so I need a big time performance. Vlad Tarasenko's got 3.2 points. Kale McCarr, 2.2 points. 
I picked up Carter Hart this week because I needed a goalie because Darcy Kemper is on uh, he's hurt right now. So I picked up Carter Hart for today specifically just to make sure I had a goalie in. So and he is playing tonight. Him and Ilya, and, uh, who's my other goalie? Alinus Olmark are playing tonight. Uh, I have Ilya Soronkin on my bench because he's not playing today. But man, this would lock up my number one spot in the league. I guess I'd have a team tied with me on record, but I have more points, so I'd be it work out. But I need a win here. I need a win here. But we're, we're fancy sports is fun. Fancy sports is always fun. You know what's even more fun though? You know what's even more fun? The World Cup. The World Cup, I don't do anything fantasy-wise with the FIFA World Cup, but it is the most fun sporting event ever. And this tournament, I've said it a few times, on the field, this is the greatest World Cup of all time. It's one of the greatest World Cups of all time. If not the, it's one of the greatest World Cups of all time. This World Cup's absolutely fantastic. And, like, the games just keep getting better. We went, on Friday, back-to-back penalty shootouts. Croatia-Brazil... Neymar scores a goal, thinking they've won it, and then Croatia goes on to score a goal to tie it. Argentina, Netherlands. Argentina up 2 nothing, And then Netherlands come in and score. Voot Vanghorst scores two goals. One of the greatest free kick set pieces I've ever seen in my entire life. Paid off to tie it and then go to penalty shootout. Emmy Martinez obviously saved some penalties there because that's what he does. And then Saturday we had Morocco beating Portugal. One of the we'll talk okay, I want to get to that in a little bit. And then France beating England two to one. Portugal. This game is a weird one because I've never heard, like, out of all th- four of those games, the Portugal-Morocco game was the best ref one by far. And they are bitching and moaning about the ref more than any other game that I've seen. The Netherlands and Argentinian players both bitched about the ref in their game. They had, like, 17 yellow cards or something in that game. Added 10 minutes of added time out of freaking nowhere. Like, it, it was a mess. In the Argentinian Argentina Netherlands game, Portugal Morocco, there was no real problems in that game at all, and the players for Portugal, like I love Bruno Fernandes, but to come after the game and go, why is an Argentinian ref ref in this game? Argentina are still in, but that would work if we didn't have an English ref ref Brazil Croatia, and we didn't have a Brazilian ref ref England France. I understand Brazil wasn't in the World Cup at the time. But when that made when they made that announcement that he was going to ref the game from Brazil, Brazil was still in the World Cup. So the only game that didn't have a country represented was the Argentina versus Netherlands game. So they're trying to make some BS excuse. And I think this it's just bitterness. You cannot no disrespect to Morocco, the first African nation to ever make the semifinals of the World Cup. If you are Portugal, with one of the most stacked rosters in the tournament. You cannot lose to Morocco, especially after beating Switzerland 6-1 in your previous game. You cannot lose to Morocco at all. Inexcusable, especially the way you did. Morocco in this entire tournament has had 31% possession. They are so tight defensively. Like, it's ridiculous. But you cannot, especially when you're you're up a player. Morocco got a red card. Like, there's there's no reason Portugal should have lost this game. Going into it, there's no reason they should have lost this game. And all the excuses are coming out. It's all just so bitter. Like, dudes, chill out. And I think this all stems from the fact that, oh, the debate between Messi and Ronaldo, which has been over for about three or four years, is finally over. Finally over. Because when you look at it, it was over. Like, people want to bring up Ronaldo winning the Euros. 
Ronaldo did absolutely nothing that entire tournament. They came out of the group in third because of some stupid BS third place playoff, and Ronaldo even played in the final. He got hurt. Ronaldo did nothing that entire tournament, but because Portugal won, Ronaldo got credited with winning it. Ronaldo did absolutely nothing. He got injured like the 20th minute and didn't play. And he got credit because he was a good manager, I guess. But when Messi won the Copa America, Messi was the best player. I think he won the Golden Boot. He was the best creator as well. Like he won everything. Golden Bolt, whatever award you want to win. Like that's the difference between Messi and Ronaldo. Ronaldo's not pulling anybody with him. They literally benched Ronaldo because they played better as a team without him on the field. And I'm not saying that's how it's always been, but that's the most recent thing. Manchester United have done it. And they released him because of his stupid comment to me with Pierce Morgan, who's got his dick so far down his throat, it's coming out his ass. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I don't, I, there's no debate. I don't know how you can sit there. And Ronaldo, I, I give him all the credit in the world. I, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing him just for sake of bashing him. Say, hey, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's one of the greatest players of all time. But he's not close to, how can you sit down, really, and watch Messi and Ronaldo play and go, yeah, Ronaldo's better. How, how does your brain work when you do that? The Argentinian players would literally die for Messi. They have said that. What Portugal player is saying that about Ronaldo? They're literally bitching about the refs, about there being an Argentinian ref, when not even realizing that, oh, Brazil-Croatia had a ref from a team that's still in the tournament. Oh, England-France had a, t- a ref from a team that was in the tournament when he first got announced a ref that game. My excuse is so far gone. Portugal tried to do every little thing to try and get fouls flying all over the place. And the ref didn't fall for it. The re- there was not a bad moment. That I every time someone has gone, or the oh man, the ref screwed Portugal. Name a point. Name a point in the game when that happened. And their only response is, oh, you must not know ball, or you must not have watched the game. It's like no, say something then. You're gonna tell me that the refs did all this bad stuff, and then when I say what they do, you say, oh, you didn't watch the game then. What does that even mean? Tell me what they did. You can't just say that. that's stupid. You're only bitter because the debate between Messi and Ronaldo, which again has been over for years, is finally over. Messi's been the best player, apart from like Kylian Mbappe, Messi's been the best player of this tournament. Like, you cannot tell me one faulty moment Messi's had this tournament. Apart from the handball against the Netherlands. But he got a BS yellow card later in the game as well. So there's your yellow card if you're wanting one for, uh, for his non-handball. Like, he wouldn't have gotten the yellow card if he had the handball, so it's not like he was getting a red card. So he was going to have one yellow card regardless. I don't know why everybody's bitching about that. He got a yellow card. He wasn't going to get a red card, whatever he did talking to the ref at the end of the game, because he was bitching at the ref. He literally told the ref to screw off in the post-game interviews. And Argentina won. And they're yelling at the refs. And Messi had that Tom Brady moment where Netherlands came into the press conferences, talked about all this shit about Argentina, and Messi just came out and played one of the best games of the tournament. You cannot sit here and tell me, apart from being taller, what Ronaldo actually does better than Messi. Tell me one thing he actually does better than Messi. Apart from being, it's all about me every single time. Like, if this is another thing. If Portugal went to a penalty shootout, what, what place is Ronaldo taking the penalty? Is he taking it first, or is he taking the glory penalty to win it? Because I remember back in Euro 2012, he didn't even take a penalty in the shootout because he won the last penalty. Neymar did the same thing for Brazil against Croatia. Messi stepped up first to take the penalty. Messi wants to set the standard for the rest of the way. You score the penalty, this is what you do. I'm not here for the glory of it. 
Ronaldo has done that so many times throughout his career, taking the last penalty, and then everybody remembers, oh, that's the last penalty. So we remember, oh, remember when Ronaldo scored that last penalty? Who took the first one? I don't know, but Ronaldo had the glory of that last one. Like Lerato Martinez's goal, penalty against the Netherlands, was way more memorable than Messi's because that won the game. I hate when that gets, like, I hate that that's a thing. If you're the best and you're truly a leader, take the first penalty. Set the standard for the rest of your team. And that's what Messi did. There, It's not a debate. It's not a debate. And Messi's got two years on Ronaldo. Messi's still at the top of his game. Ronaldo's been off his game for about a year. Apart from poaching and goals, what does Ronaldo do now that's like, oh, that's insane? He has a cool celebration. He had the, the C celebration, the Sue, and then the sleeping celebration. But apart from that, what has he really done apart from tapping goals from three yards? Which is important. I'm not saying that's not important. You have to do that. But Messi's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, while also being the greatest assister, greatest creator of all time. It's not close. I hate that this gets talked about as much as it does. Like, people go, went on Twitter after this game and be like, Ronaldo's still the GOAT. It's like, what, what made you say that? What this tournament has made you go, yeah, Ronaldo's still the GOAT. How can you actually sit down and look at yourself and go, yeah, after watching Messi and Ronaldo, I think that Ronaldo's the GOAT. I think that's how it works. Why? I don't know. He's just the GOAT. If you were building a soccer player, be Ronaldo, that's not a GOAT conversation. If you were building a player... That's not that's not how you decide who the goat is. Who's the better player? Obviously, you're not going to design a player who's five foot seven. You're going to design one that's six foot six foot one. That's common knowledge. And there's other people who are like Messi's is more natural and all the worked hard for it. That does what the hell does that even mean? That's how we're going to decide the goat factor too. Oh, Ronaldo had to work harder than it than Messi did. So Messi scored 91 goals in a calendar year. This never happened before. What was Barcelona between Cruyff and Messi? Nothing. Barcelona didn't win anything until Messi got there, really. They had some good situations in the 90s. But really, what did they do before Messi got there? They started taking Real Madrid, taking it to Real Madrid. Messi ain't done. Messi can go play wherever the hell he wants. He can play in Saudi Arabia. He can play in America. He can play in Russia. I don't give a rat's ass where Messi plays. I don't care if Messi's never played in any other league apart from Spain and France. He's better than Ronaldo. And people, like Portugal, after the game, were like, oh, you're just going to give the title to Argentina now. Their, their bitchiness was so unplaced. It was like, what the hell are you even talking about? You have no reason to bitch apart from the fact you lost to a team you should have killed. In reality, let's be honest here. We all love the story of Morocco. We're all in favor of it. I love seeing Morocco do well. Again, the first African team to ever make the semifinal. There's no reason Portugal should not have wiped the floor with them. How many players of that Morocco team get into this Portugal starting 11? Really? None of them. You can make a case for Bono. You can make a case for... Uh, Iron Bat, but that's about it. I don't get it. I really don't get how you can sit there and go like, yeah, Ronaldo's better than Messi. Why? Oh, because he is. 
What the hell does that even mean? Oh, you don't know Paul. That's the, always the excuse. Oh, you don't know this. You don't know Paul. You don't know that. Your eyes work. It's not even close. Go watch him take a glory penalty after doing absolutely, absolutely doing nothing the entire 90 minutes. Like, do you see Messi's assist for the first goal for Argentina against Netherlands? Do you see that? Is, is, Ronaldo, is Ronaldo doing that? Is he doing that at 35? Because I know he's 37. I'm not going to do that to him at 37. Could he do that at 35? No. So stop. It's not close. It's just really infuriating to sit here and look at Twitter and go, like, people still actually believe that. And Ronaldo is one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing his greatness. I'm disputing how great people think he is. He's not close to Messi. I've never been, like, sat down at, like, there's been moments where I've gone, like, oh, wow, it's awesome. Like, Ronaldo's header when he was with Juventus. Awesome. But I've never been, like, oh, my God. I, I can't believe that. Him dribbling through every single defender and then scoring and then breaking ankles of other players. Absolutely flooring me. Like, watching Messi do stuff. And then Ronaldo has a header, and Ronaldo's won all these Champions Leagues. That makes him... I, I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it. I, I want to try, have someone explain it to me. It's not close. And the people who say Ronaldo's better than Messi, all it is is, you don't know ball. That's, that's the excuse. Or why is he better? Don't know. He just is. No actual evidence for it. Look at, all, look at his goal scoring record. Awesome. And he's going to have some BS like one game because he's had 194 appearances. Joint all time for the male record. He's going to have some BS game to go 195. We know that. We know that's going to happen. So, just whenever that happens. Um, but, yeah, one of the greatest players of all time, just not – it's not the greatest player of all time, so let's stop that. Uh, England-France was a very weird one. Uh, refs was bad in that one. But, they, man, I didn't hear them say <laughs> – because Brazil was eliminated at that time, so I guess you could say that. But if Brazil went through, I don't think England would be saying much about, oh, the Brazilian ref screwed us. They wouldn't really care about his nationality. They just said the ref screwed us. Brazil and Croatia didn't say anything about England in the game. England's ref said ref, not England's ref. But with Portugal, because it's connected to Messi, we have to utilize this. We have to get the sympathy card because we know the brain dead people out there that say, <laughs> oh, my goodness. But France, England was really weird. England was actually better than France in this game. They actually did, uh, for the most part, shut down Kylian Mbappe. Mbappe really didn't do a whole lot in that game. He had the moment where he set up Chumeni's goal. He didn't get the assist. He gave it to Griezmann, who gave the assist to, to, to Griezmann, who gave it to Chumeni. Beautiful goal from Chumeni. And then there was a few penalty shouts. I think there was two that were called. There was a few more in the game that didn't get called. Harry Kane scored the first one, and the second one, he skied over the bar. Absolutely skied it. And I haven't really seen a lot of things about Harry Kane yet. But I, I go back to the Euros in 2020, or 20, the 20, they're in 2021, but they're Euro 2020, when Rashford, Sancho, and Sacco missed penalties. The reaction's been a little bit different. I can't really pinpoint it. <laughs> but the reaction's been a little different. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, England really should have won that game. I think the ref was bad in this game. Ref was bad. I think the worst ref was in the Netherlands-Argentina game, but this ref was bad, too. Because the Argentina-Netherlands game... It was all about the ref. It wasn't about the game. It was about the ref. The England-France game 
there's just a lot of really bad non-calls. There's about three or four penalty shots for England, and they only got two of them. And you have to score it. You had the opportunity to score it, but missed it. And Harry Kane missed it. That would have been the all, he would have been England's all-time leading scorer if he made that goal. But he went and he ended up with the game with joint with Wayne Rooney. And now they're talking about Gareth Southgate, what his future holds. I think a lot of England fans are just wanting him to leave, wanting to be done. Because like the United States, they're a very defensive unit with a lot of really talented players, but they're just not getting that next level. I think there was a real shot England should have beat France on Saturday. I think there was a real chance they should have beat them. They did not, though. And it's it's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, Giroud scored the penalty, or scored a goal later in the game as well to win the game eventually. And, yeah, that's your World Cup action, essentially. Now we got the semifinals on Tuesday. We've got Argentina taking on Croatia and Portugal, t- or France taking on Morocco. So we are looking at a France-Argentina World Cup final, which I am all for. Currently the favorites are Argentina, but I don't want to look past Croatia and Morocco anymore. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Croatia are a weird one because they're just old. They're super old. And that game against Brazil, just weird. So weird. And that, that one was a lot more... Wasn't really like that eventful. It was pretty boring until <laughs> until the goals started to get scored, which isn't always the case. The United States England game was relatively entertaining. That had no goal scored, but the France Croatia game was relatively boring. And then, uh, yeah, Brazil can't score penalties. Rodrigo took a horrific penalty at the start. Uh, who hit the post? Someone hit the post. I don't remember who it was. Marquinhos, I think he hit the post. But it's it's really funny with these <laughs> like. You look at these goalies like Unai Simon and Allison are losing to Bono and uh oh crap I forgot Levakova Levakovich yeah Levakovich for Croatia who are both not as good as Simon and Allison Allison's the best goalie in the world probably and he can't save penalties but Levakovich is saving penalties left right and center he scored he saved three in the Japan game uh I was talking to my dad about this. Penalties are so fun to watch when your team's not involved. I love watching penalties. Penalty shootouts, penalties in the game. I just love watching them regardless of my team. If my team's not in it, it takes a whole hell of a lot of stress out of it. Oh, man. I love it. Absolutely love penalty shootouts. And then we've talked... Oh, what is this? From Paul Tenorio, USM national team winger, winger Giovanni Reyes, lack of effort in training and scrimmage versus Al Gaharfa, contributor role at World Cup. Per source, Reyes eventually apologized to the team. Berhalter comments uh, i don't know i don't know what's all going on with the united states stuff uh giovanni Reyes scored an absolute screamer the other day against uh or for borussia dortmund one of their friendlies uh the united states uh per the athletic multiple sources said the united states soccer said the united states soccer has been in recent years shown interest in Manchester's pep guardiola uh, that ain't happening other coaches mentioned in the article to be considered jesse mars zinedine zidane roberto martinez marcelo bielsa and luis enrique uh no to roberto martinez hell no might as well just keep uh, Greg Berhalter at that point. Marsh, I don't know if he'd take it. I don't think he'd take the job. Uh, Pep's not coming. Luis Enrique's got a lot of stuff off the pitch that I could see him not coming. Uh, Bielsa, possibly. Uh, Zidane, I could see them paying a lot of money for Zidane. Because Zidane's a free agent. He's a free... Uh, Yeah, he's a free agent right now. So I could see something. So, oh, well, what happened? I just got chills. My heart goes out for you, Debo. What happened to Debo Samuel? What? Uh, I just saw Odell Beckham say, uh, 
say something about Debo Samuel. What happened to Debo Samuel? Let's try and find that one out because I don't want Debo Samuel to get hurt because he's one of my favorite players to watch. Grabbing his knee, Debo. Oh, he grabbed his knee. Down holding his right knee. Ah, oh, come on, man. Man, why? I like the Niners. I want the Niners to stay healthy. I like a lot of their players. They're up 28-0 right now, but I just want their players to stay healthy. Oh, you got a touchdown. There we go. That's what we were waiting for. <laughs> I brought Purdy rushing touchdown. Brought Purdy two passing touchdowns. 185 passing against Tom Brady and the Bucks. Awesome. So the Buccaneers will be leading the NFC South and have a first-round home game with a 6-7 and seven record as things stand right now. The third quarter just started. A Chiefs are starting. The Broncos are starting to come back against the Chiefs. 21-7. 27 is the final, or score right now. Niners are driving again. Oh, Tom Brady just got intercepted. Oh, interesting stuff there. Interesting development here, Thomas Edward Brady. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, yeah, fun stuff. Do we have anything else I really want to talk about today, or do we, do we pretty much cover everything? I don't want to open maps. Maps is not really what I'm looking for right here. What are we? What do we got here? Oh, 2020 redraft. Who are you taking on the first five picks? Well, the five best players in this draft are Burrow, in no order, Burrow, Young, Herbert, Justin Jefferson, and Jonathan Taylor. Right? Nah, I don't know. Oh, that man, that, this, geez, there's a lot of good players in this draft. Burrow, Justin Jefferson, top two. Wow. Oh, crap. Um, Herbert, Werfs. Jalen, are those the top five players in this draft just based off this year? I don't know if I'm based off this year. I have to put two in there. I don't know. That's tough. That is tough. That is tough. I think there was something else I wanted to discuss, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. We'll figure it out next show. (laughs) Oh, man, we'll figure it out next show. But with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this show. If not, it was kind of all over the place, but I do hope you enjoyed it. If you did not enjoy it, I apologize. It'll probably be better next time. And with that being said, I will see you all later. Make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to the Logan Blackman Show. Leave a rating on five stars. Tell me how you feel down in the description below, and I will see you all later. Peace.